Hey, good morning, Sam. How are we doing today? Let's see if we can uh, make this work. We got some construction going outside. Welcome to 10 Minutes with Jim, the program that provides road trip inspiration, the information that you need to become the Route 66 trivia guru, and of course, tips on finding the best pie. If you see my picture, then you know that I'm passionate about good pie, craft beer, and a hearty meal and food in general. This morning's program begins in Kansas. It will end with updates on the upcoming fall tour, which may be coming to a community near you. Our adventure begins this morning with a hearty thank you to the boys of the road crew at roadcrew66.com for our theme song that always gets me to thinking about road trips and road trips shared with friends. And we need to give a shout out to this week's sponsor, Cuba a surprising gastronomical paradise on Route 66 in the Ozark Mountains of Missouri. In October, I will take you along for dinner or lunch or breakfast or a pastry at Cuba Bakery in Delhi, and I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised. And, of course, this program and Jim Hinckley's America are also made possible through the magic of crowdfunding. I'm always amazed by what, by what we can accomplish when folks commit to supporting us with contributions of just a few dollars per month. Our crowdfunding initiative is found on the Patreon platform at patreon.com slash Jim Hinckley's America. Now, with business out of the way, let's head out for Baxter Springs in Kansas. It was the perception of healing powers in the waters of the mineral springs at the site that made it a favorite summer campsite for the Osage Indians. Much to their dismay, the springs were included as part of the initial 160-acre homestead of John J. Baxter, who established an inn and general store on the property near the military road in about 1853. Fort Blair, established near the inn, was the target of an unsuccessful raid by a band of Confederate guerrillas known as Quantrill's Raiders in 1863 during the American Civil War. The repulsed raiders then decimated a military convoy under the command of Major General James Blunt near the springs in a battle now known as the Baxter Springs Massacre. A monument erected in the city commemorated this dark chapter in the community's history. Post-Tribune, March 31, 1961, quote, A marker commemorating the massacre is to be renovated and relocated. It will be removed from its location in the city to the site of the massacre north of town on a new section of U.S. 66 that is now under construction. The inn and general store established by John Baxter served as the nucleus for the establishment of a community initially known as Baxter's Place, Baxter's Springs after incorporation in 1868. During this period, Baxter Springs became a primary shipping point for Texas cattle herds as the city government issued $150,000 in bonds as incentives for the Missouri River, Fort Scott, and Gulf Railroad to build a line into Baxter Springs. However, with relocation of major livestock shipping centers further to the west and realignment of the railroad that bypassed Baxter Springs, the town entered a period of steep decline. It was only the development of the mineral springs into a resort that reversed this trend. The town soon became a vacation destination, built on the promotion of the mineral springs as being a cure for just about any ailment you can imagine. And, as in a bit of historic trivia, 
The resorts hosted the annual Grand Army of the Republic as well as old soldiers and sailors reunions. The discovery of extensive deposits of lead and zinc initially along the Missouri and Kansas border and then later along the Kansas and Oklahoma border transformed the economic structure of the community and Baxter Springs became a mining boomtown. Here's a bit of trivia to stick in your hat. During the teens, the mines in this tri-state area were the largest producers of lead ore in the world. As far as services offered to travelers on the newly minted Route 66, we turn to the hotel, garage, service station, and AAA club directory of 1927 that lists the Baxter Hotel, $1 per night, as approved lodging. Surprisingly, approved service facilities do not appear in this directory. Jack Rittenhouse, in 1946, noted a slight improvement in regards to available services for travelers. In his guide published that year, he noted one hotel, Mary Bales Rooming House, two garages, Pruitt Motor Company in tallies, and three cabin camps. Still, mining continued to be an important part of the economy well into the early 1960s. Additionally, resulting of the town's location on Route 66, there were five major transcontinental trucking companies and one freight company that operated terminals and repair facilities in Baxter Springs. Today, with a population of more than 4,500, Baxter Springs is too large for considerate. Today, with a population of more than 4,500 people, Baxter Springs is too large for consideration as a ghost town. However, this is less than half the population of 1919. I say this often, but as trivia and fluff have been a lucrative business, especially on YouTube, it's better to fill your head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all. So, Baxter Springs is directly linked to some sports history. Mickey Mantle kicked off his professional career in this town by playing for three years with the minor league Baxter Springs Whiz Kids. Now, let's change gears and talk about a fellow who is commemorated all along Route 66 in the Southwest, yet is largely an obscure historical character. Do a Google search on this fellow if you want to read a story about an adventuresome life lived to the fullest. On March 3, 1853, Edward Fitzgerald Beale, a former naval officer, accepted a commission to the position of Superintendent of Indian Affairs for California and Nevada from President Millard Fillmore. In 1857, he accepted an assignment from President James Buchanan to lead a survey party from Fort Defiance in the territory of New Mexico to Fort Mojave on the Colorado River. The primary purpose of the expedition was to survey a road that roughly followed the 35th parallel from Fort Defiance near present-day Window Rock to the Colorado River. A secondary mission authorized by Secretary of War Jefferson Davis, the future president of the Confederate States of America during the American Civil War, was to evaluate the feasibility of camels for military transport in the desert southwest. It was on this expedition that Beale camped at the springs near the head of Crozier Canyon. In his journal, he indicated the springs were a beautiful one. The water pouring over rock is received in a basin of some 20 feet in diameter and 8 to 10 feet deep. He bestowed the name Truxton to the springs as an honorarium to his brother Truxton and his mother Emily Truxton Beale. Fans of Route 66 are familiar with the wide spot in the road west of Peach Springs that's named Struxton. And now you know the origins of the name. If you make money on a game show with this knowledge, please don't forget me.
Beale led an additional expedition and survey in 1858 and 1859 from Fort Smith in Arkansas to the Colorado River at the border with California. The subsequent Beale Road became an important trade corridor for the development of northern Arizona. With its connection to the Mojave Road at the Colorado River, it also became a favored southern route to California. The railroad, and later the National Old Trails Highway, followed large sections of Beals Road across northern Arizona. Then in 1926, U.S. 66 followed the railroad. Beale is commemorated all along Route 66, especially in western Arizona. There is the Beale Hotel in Beale Street in Kingman, Arizona. The hotel was owned by Tom Devine, father of character actor Andy Devine. There is a lengthy celebrity and Hollywood association with the hotel, but those are stories for another day. Another would be Beale Springs, site of Fort Beale to the west of Kingman, that served as the headquarters for their first Wallapai Indian Reservation, and as an important station on the Beale Wagon Road as well as the Mojave Prescott Toll Road that connected Hardyville on the Colorado River near present-day Laughlin, Nevada, with Fort Whipple at Prescott. Amigos, I think that's all the time we have this week, but before we wrap it up, I have a few things to share with you. For me, the best time of the year for adventures of the road trip variety is fall. And lucky for you, fall is just around the corner, and that means I'll be taking to the road, sharing the adventure, telling people where to go, and defacing my latest book on request. My signature may not be worth much on checks, but I can assure you that the book is worth at least the purchase price with a scribble of mine inside the front cover. Schedule stops for this year's trip include the Miles of Possibilities Conference in Normal, Illinois, the 10th anniversary celebration for Connie Eccles at the Wagon Wheel Motel in Cuba, and tentatively, I'm to speak at a fundraiser for the Hackett Auto Museum in Jackson, Michigan. Check out JimHinkley'sAmerica.com or our Facebook page for more information and updates. I hope that you enjoyed the adventure and that you can join us again for another episode of 10 Minutes with Jim next week when we pick up our alphabetical odyssey in Bellefontaine Neighbors, Missouri. Other scheduled stops include Belmont, Arizona, Bellevue, Oklahoma, and Bend, Illinois. And then we'll make a stop at the Berghoff Restaurant in Chicago, where I will share a few of my favorite dishes. Take care, amigos. See you next week, unless we meet on the road beforehand. Vaya con Dios.